Welcome to the Choosing Happiness Podcast with me, your host, Rudrani Davy, the Happiness Lady. Well, howdy, y'all. Rudrani Davy, the Happiness Lady, with another episode of the Choosing Happiness Podcast. That's right, little shameless uh, promotion here. Speaks eight languages. I'm very excited today. My next guest is Mr. Zach Coleman. We sort of met on the Facebook, and um, I kind of like, you know, his values about happiness and treating people. Well, you know what? Without further ado, let me actually just let Zach introduce himself and explain a little bit about what he does. We both into physical fitness, muscles, all the things. That's right. <laughs> Zach, would you please tell my listeners a little bit about what you do and all the things, please, sir? Yeah, to to put it blankly, uh, I own an agency where we help athletic-driven brands find their why through community building and digital experiences. Find their why. Now, you know, I've been with other organizations that say you've got to get really clear about your why or you're not going to be able to create what it is you're looking to achieve. So can you talk a little bit more about the why piece? Yeah, so... In short, I feel like we all, you know, somewhat have a why, but I think that the biggest thing that uh, people don't understand is the why evolves. You know, I think as you grow a business, you grow yourself, uh, you grow your family, walls, uh, your whys can change, they can evolve, they can adapt. And so uh, we really try to help people find their why through what we do, which is we have branding practices. So we've uh, introduced a lot of personal personal development type practices within our 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 marketing and our our brand discovery processes because we feel like a lot of people just get stuck. You know, you get to this point where you're just stuck. And so there's this evolved why period, I feel, with every business. Every business owner goes through it. They're going through a valley of death uh, period within their business. They want to change things. They want to do things. They get bored. They get burned out. Whatever it is, they usually lose. They usually either lose their why or they don't understand what's the bottleneck that's holding them back to, to make it to the next level. Um, and uh, most of it, I can say I, I've adapted it is because it happened to me multiple times in my life. Oh, wow. And so that's why I'm so passionate about helping people find their why. So is it, is it kind of like, um, like burnout where people are just, they're, they're going through the motions and then they forget why they chose it to begin with. Is that what you're speaking? I think, I, I, yeah, I think that's part of it. I think that, you know, in life, you kind of get, get get through this routine of just seeing, you know, just the way our, our life is right now with social media and everything online. You see all these people that you think are successful or you hear mm-hmm. everyone say, make it to a million, make it to two million, make it to 10. And you have this definition of success that you strive for. And then I think that you get to a point where you realize, oh, hey, like, that no longer is a definition of success for me. <laughs> so what's going to drive me now, you know, um, that mixed with just the ability for people when they, you know, usually start something, they're usually trying to find their why. You know, you kind of say, hey, try a million things, do a million things. And the next, you know, you grow a business to a point or a brand to a point where you're just, you're just like, wow, now I, this isn't sustainable. How do I grow without feeling like I'm starting over? Right. So you said that you actually came to this point and that's what made you decide to create this business. Mm-hmm. So tell us your backstory. What what actually took place? What did you know? Yeah. 
So, you know, when I first, when I was, when I was a young kid, you know, my, my dad was an NFL player. He was an NFL player way before I was born. So I, I didn't get to, you know, get the glamour of, of going to all the games or anything, but, you know, I grew up trying to be just like him. You know, I tried to follow in his footsteps uh, and I became a, a, a soccer player to try to learn the ins and outs of kicking like him. I got to a point, um, you know, in late high school where I just realized I need to follow my own footsteps and not, not follow my dad's. Right. And so uh, I ended up going into visual communications into college uh, subconsciously at the time. I realized now it was because I uh, was fascinated with helping other people feel seen and heard because I, I was never seen and heard as a child. So I had this, I had this uh, internal thing of, of over serving, trying to get people to like me, you know, I'd always throw parties. I'd always be the one that was like, how, you know, bring, give people rides, do everything that I could more so from the agenda of like wanting to be seen. Right. And wow. that in itself caused me to have from a personal level caused me to have, um, this, uh, business grow out of fear. I, I was, I was driven by, I am going to feel seen and heard. I want to feel validated for for who I am. And that that got me, that funny enough, got me to a certain point um, in the business. And then out of nowhere, like two years ago, you know, I have two kids. I have one on the way. I think just the mix of, you know, starting to become a father and take care of two young children and, and with my wife and... Uh, being in a valley of death period in itself, I think those two things correlated together. And I kind of got hit with it twice. And I was just like, I'm so burnt out. I, I'm doing everything that I should be doing. Like, uh, you know, we were, I'm successful. You know, we, I, I now probably, and, and, and not to, I'm not trying to gloat or anything, but, you know, we have enough money to, you know, I could, I'm not going to say I could retire, but I, I could probably quit my job for like 10 years if I wanted to. Right. Um, and so you get to a point where you're just like, all right, like I'm helping these people. I, I, I'm doing too much. I, I want to spend more time with my family. I lost, I lost the things that I love to do um, going through the business um, due to multiple things like going to the gym, running, all the things that I felt were in my control and I can help with my anxiety and and so I just kind of had to take a step back. And that was what I considered my second rebrand period. I had one again. I had one in around 2012 where I, I kind of found myself originally. But uh, a couple years ago when I was going through this, I had to just kind of tell myself, like, what is my new why? And I, mm -hmm. I had to find that through what I call the three C's of branding where, where, where I have kind of adapted into our our philosophy and our development is connection, contribution, and confidence and trying to bring those back in personally so I can find my own values. I can find my own, my own confidence. I can set my personal goals and let those kind of start to evolve the business and the brand that I was trying to put out in the world because you know, I'm a branding expert. We are creating all these great brands for people, but something was missing. I, I couldn't quite put my finger on it at the time, but it was like, oh, they're lacking the the why to kind of push them forward, giving them the tangibles. And so I had to look at that in my own life and say, all right, it's not just about throwing up that website. It's not about creating that logo. You know, it's about 
you know, actually the leaders behind the mask of the company um, and how they're doing their well-being and how they can kind of promote um, and build a team. And so my my goals had to change, you know, my mm -hmm. goals and what I thought successful had to change. I love it. I, mean, I really do appreciate your vulnerability because, you know, we're all trying to, you know, with social media and everything else, you know what I'm talking about. We're all trying yeah. to look a certain way. Oh, I'm successful. I've got the beautiful wife and the gorgeous kids and my life is amazing and all the stuff. But, you know, I know what you mean about kind of like losing yourself also in the things you think you can control. You know, I was um, what you call a professional amateur athlete. Okay. For my age group, I could really run a fast marathon. So I was always given, um, you know, the, the airplane ticket or the clothing. Nike sponsored me at one point, Adidas did another time. And so I felt like I had to, you know, and I'm all these running magazines and I've got to, you know, represent my age group and all the stuff. And I started kind of letting all the other things go to the wayside because of this image I felt like I had to uphold that I don't even know how real it was. Yeah, of course I, I loved running and I loved all the accolades and, you know, we're all looking for um, validation, I guess. But, you know, what about the validation of ourselves, acknowledging ourselves in all of it? Because you can mm -hmm. get so lost in, in the mix where you, uh, you know, it's like, where do you find yourself? And then family comes along. You know, it's like yeah. I moved my mom in with me um, at the end of 2020. COVID and she was teaching piano and she couldn't, students weren't coming anymore. And I was like, I, I can't drive three hours to, to fix your cable for you, mom. You're going to, we're going to have to do something different here. Yeah. So what I had done is prior, I had um, gutted my home and added on to make her world comfortable with a, with a music room. She's a, a piano teacher. Very good. One of the best in the state of Tennessee, I'm not add. And, you know, I built a soundproof room for her thinking that my band and I were going to perform or rehearse and she was going to be teaching and then she took over the entire room. But anyway, <laughs> my life changed a lot because now, you know, I didn't realize how much I was going, 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 going. I would sometimes teach classes in other countries. So in the middle of the night, I might be up. So I would be sleeping in shifts. But once she moved in, a lot had to change. And my, my asks or my whys, as you put it, changed tremendously. I'm like, you know, how am I going to make this work? How am I going to let, allow her to be, you know, to do what she needs to do? She's 90, you know, and for me to be able to take care of my business and not lose myself with her needs. And so I went through a really weird, wonky, for, I don't remember what, when you said it was for you, I think it was 2022, I guess for me, it was 2020 into 2021, where I just felt like I was so untethered. We couldn't travel. I'm trying to teach all these classes online in the middle of the night, and I'm just losing it and it, it it took us a while to find the song and dance you know where we could figure out okay this works for you and this works for me and we can actually co-create even if it's you know two different agendas you know all the things so hmm. and then and then the whole piece about you know being vulnerable and saying you know i need your help i could you, you know it would be really nice if you could actually cook a meal occasionally or yeah, whatever yeah. it is, you know, because your, your wife, I mean, um, I don't know if she works also, but I'm sure you have a song and dance as well. And she's kind of like your cohort in, you know, creating what it is that you're creating for the family. I mean, how does, how does that work when you're including others? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny when you hear uh, parents say, uh, I have to babysit my children. Um, and it's like, but they're your children. 
right? Not my right. wife, my wife actually, my wife actually, uh, she has a, she's eight months pregnant right now. She's still working. She works up and she has her own office upstairs. She works for, uh, um, she's basically a family trauma therapist. So oh. her, her, it's, it's interesting how her and I, um, how I've kind of adapted a lot of the same um, mythology as her because I'm very much into the helping people, just helping people in a different way. Um, and she she works up there. Our three, our four year old, we just dropped off at daycare. Uh, not daycare. We have them at um, pre pre kindergarten right now, and our four year old is out there with her right now while she's doing her whole email gig with her. She works for CBS helps with a lot of the counseling stuff over there. So she, we, we kind of go back and forth all day. We have a, we try to have a schedule with the children as best that we possibly can. And at about two o'clock, uh, I pretty much am done for the day. I pretty much cool. stop it too. let her finish her day. I have to, I, I spend time with my family and I'm just one of those people that I'm, you know, I could say it's a, a woman guy thing. Women are great at multitasking. Guys aren't. I'm more of a one focus guy. So I'm like, if I'm going to be with my family, like I, I, I try to be present. I, it, it's been hard, but I really, that's, that was part of my growing is I, I try to say, Hey, I have to be present around my family and not even look at my social media or look at my, you know, watch TV or do any of that stuff. And so I do, I cut off, I pick up my son. She juggles her meetings and her stuff during the day and yes there are times during the day when she's like i have a meeting that jumped in because you know she has to with uh her management level role and so she has to jump in and i'll have to like feed the sun at 12 or or do something like that and so we do we we pretty much um but it's a blessing it's mm -hmm. it's really a blessing it's very chaotic and it, and it is partially a reason why i don't think that the business has grown um as fast as i would have liked before I had children. Um, but I had to get to the point where I'm like, it's a blessing for me to be around my children um, and be around them during this age because it only lasts so long. Right. And they're, they're part of your why, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you said, you know, the, the part about babysitting because yes, they're your kids. You're their parents. I was watching something uh, recently. I don't know if you know who Akbar is. I don't know his last name, but he's, he's a, he was an NFL guy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I know and you're talking about, yeah. Really cool guy, very funny. And I was listening to him in an interview, I think it was just yesterday, where he was talking about exactly the same thing, where he's saying, you know, there are kids. We have to parent them. That's actually our number one job, you know. Everything else revolves around that. And he goes, you know, so when I hear you guys talk about I have to babysit my kids, it's like, it, that's your job. Yeah. That's <laughs> a good point. Very good point. I'm the favorite aunt, so I don't have any, <laughs> but you know, I can, I can borrow them when my siblings need a break or whatever. Most of them now have kids of their own. So it's, you know, I'm, an, I'm a little older than you are, you know, so differences. And um, I got married very late in life and divorced. So I think I got married like two weeks before my 40th birthday. And so family was not something I was considering at that time, but I love your dedication, your devotion to your family, you know, and making that, that your, your why. So I want to talk to you a little bit more about your business, but we need to take a station identification break because I got to pay the bills. So we're just going to take a moment from our, for our sponsor, Mandu. I don't know if you've heard about Mandu, Zach, it's the electrocution workout. Have you heard anything about it? No, I haven't. It's a bunch of tens units that are 
strapped on with this sort of Borg looking outfit. I don't know. Now I've just dated myself. Borgs, you know, about uh, Star Trek and the little outfits and they're like half man, half machine. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it looks a little bit like that. And yours truly is actually in this one minute commercial. So if y'all don't mind, let's just take a little listen about the Mandu. Mandu is a boutique fitness studio concept. And we are actually the first FDA cleared EMS training uh, workout. And what we do essentially is that we will have a client come in. Uh, we will hook them up to a whole body EMS suit. And then we perform a workout on a medical grade device called an eFit device. And that device will send an electrical current to their body through electrodes in these suits that we put on them. And this electrical current is just basically stimulating the electrical current that you already have inside your body. So everybody is made up of electrical impulses. It's what helps you walk, helps you move. We're tapping into that and making it uh, stimulate it more to where we can cause a muscle to actually contract involuntarily. So we can actually create resistance without adding a load to the body. So that is why we, as you see online, it always says ultra low impact. It is scientifically proven. It is absolutely ultra low impact. We're back with Zach Coleman. How you doing, Zach? I'm doing great. Thank you. <laughs> about that man do? Oh my goodness, golly. That's just amazing stuff. You got to look into it. See if there's a, a, a location near you. You've got to try it at least once. It actually targets muscles you normally could never get to because you know you can't work out that one little spot in your back or whatever oh you know oh, i will I'll, I'll give it a shot I'll, I'll i'll google it here in a little bit and i'll take a look at it absolutely absolutely it might be something you want to incorporate with uh, your workouts because it's a 15 minute workout and it's like working out for two or three hours <laughs> for your body I, I would love that i would love that Dro dropping down my workouts <laughs> absolutely with your schedule with the kids and all that and growing family you have three kids or you have two and one on the way? I have, I have two and one on the way. We're having a, a we have a surprise baby coming in about a month here. Was it wasn't planned. We call it the whoopsie baby, but we're waiting. And what I mean by surprise is we're actually this one. We're waiting for the gender. We're really hoping for a girl, but most likely uh, the universe is going to give us this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> contribute to that desire. I'm sure your wife would like to have somebody to put pearls on and things like that. You know, I want the girl. I'm the one, you know, I, I, I tell her that like, we know when, when it kind of the, the day that, you know, kind of was received, you know, and, uh -huh. um, I actually tell her all the time, like I, there was, I was putting energy out there about how much I wanted a girl. So I'm kind of hoping that it works out. <laughs> all right, universe. You heard if you can change things now. Anyway, so I'd like to know a little bit more about your business. If you were walking somebody through this branding process you were talking about, what would that look like? What would that feel like? What, I mean, cause you, you know, you're going to have them find their clarity, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And how do you find your clients? Do they find you? Do you target? How does that, how's, what's your process? Well, you know, we do go through, uh, uh, we, we really have a three kind of step process that we do. I think that in, in society nowadays, they always say, hey, tell people what the, uh, give people the uh, outcome, give them their outcome, but also give them what they really need, right? And so a lot of people just want sustainable quality leads. They're just like, hey, we want 
we want a, a good lead flow, but that's not what they really need. What they really need is a, a community. You know, what they really need is someone that they can, they can, they can work with and build this community around them, not just from an internal, uh, internal standpoint, but from an external standpoint. And so that's usually what's causing them burnout. It's one of those two things. Either they're getting, they're getting, they're bringing crappy people into their business or they're, uh, they have internal team that's, that's not really aligned with their values. And so we have to, we have to sit down with them first and foremost, we go through a discovery process, um, before we even kind of work on the positioning. And that's really what it is. It's like, we have to figure out what they truly value out of their life. And so a lot of it comes through workshops, um, that we do at the beginning with them and their team to try to figure out their why together. Um, mm. and that, and it, it evolves a lot of things and in, including trying to find their values, trying to find their, uh, a vision and set goals for them for the next, you know, year to two years uh, and help them to try to start building that momentum down to really figuring out who their audience is. You know, mm. who are you really trying, who do you really want to help? If, if you look at your, the members and, and every single person you have in like your, your athletic facility, like who can you help the most? Who do you want to help the most? And that comes to the contribution side of what we try to focus on. I'm very big on you know, we all have a sense of contributing and, and that's part of that thrive that we all want, especially when we evolve our why. And mm. so you really have to look at your business as a, a sense of that and not the sense of agenda. Like, oh, how do I make it to a million? How do I make it to two million? How do I make it to three? Once you know your audience, it's it's much more of a, a, a contribution because you're helping a certain type of person the best way you possibly can, you know? And so you have to find what you're really good at, what you value in your life, um, and it comes back to me, right? Like we were working with professional athletes like that. That was that was our biggest uh, audience for about four to five years. Huh. A lot of stuff in my path. We helped them find their why outside the game, help them build a business. Um, the problem I was having uh, is, you know, it's the one percent of the one percent. Um, and so I, it was very hard for me to validate, validate that market because I was doing so many different things for the athletes that I couldn't really come down and, and give them this, give them exactly what I felt like they needed. Uh, so we actually, part of our switch is we were like, Hey, you know what? Like, and as I was starting to go back to the gym and starting to, you know, understand, bring back myself and my values, I was like, this is my community. Like the people at the gym, the, the everyday the everyday person that wants to go to the gym to work on their mental health, that may have a family that may that, that just be it, be a better person. And so we have started going through a shift of, um, and part of our evolve why is to start helping gyms, um, and gym leaders in the, uh, in the athletic space more so than the, and if an athlete does own a gym, yeah, I feel like I can help them more, of course, but that's, we still work with athletes and professional athletes at some capacity, um, even high school athletes with nil. Um, but most of that is more consulting and helping them from a personal level, uh, figure out their, their, their why at the time, because, you know, most high school and college athletes, they're still finding themselves. And so if you're still trying to find yourself, you're going to have a hard time finding your why, you know? So, um, yeah, we help them. We go through that process. We, we kind of sit down and look at their inner workings. Like, what are you doing right now to evolve to that next stage of, of, of stage development of biz of gym de development and uh usually stage three to stage four stage four to stage five is what we really focus on but um helping them get past that 
validation phase of okay, we're all over the place. We're we have all these services. Our our gym is is too small. You know all that kind of stuff and help them kind of figure out okay, how do we turn you into a not going to say a niche gym, but how do we turn you into a gym where you can build a community? Have your internal team, for instance, and your trainers really revolve around training around what they're good at. If it be keto, if it be paleo, if it be you know weightlifting, if it be uh, uh, certain things, and find what really works with your your internal team, and really adapt your gym around that and you. And then we kind of start evolving the gym and the the external experiences from there um and then helping them with the reputation management and building um building a community around that no i feel you i have a girlfriend that um i remember uh she was coming to me i do consultations and whatnot and she came to me with uh i want to well it's kind of funny she wanted to get away from her husband uh they're divorced now but so she was you know wanting to create a business to get kind of get out of the house but she's so good at teaching Pilates. And I was like, well, why don't you open your own little boutique and make it more of a private kind of thing, have fewer reformers. And, you know, cause she really liked to um, get into the, the, the details of the different, uh, you know, I don't know how to, when I first started doing Pilates, I thought I am never going to master this thing. It was so, <laughs> so hard. Cause I'd been a runner and a weightlifter for years. I was a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, Miss Knoxville at one point. And so for me, you know, those muscles were like rigid and I couldn't mm-hmm. possibly be limber enough and also have that core strength. So I was like, you know, you really should do this little niche thing. And so she did. She started out with a really small studio. It had, I think, five reformers in it and and then a master reformer, which is this one, this really big one that she could do one-on-ones with. And she got such a reputation because she hired all these others, uh, other teachers that had these specialties as well. They all had their own niche. And so they got really popular. They would be booked out. Like I would have to book out a month in advance just to make sure I got one of the reformers. And then eventually what happened was the, um, the, uh, what was the yoga studio next door closed down and she took over. And now she has two different locations, big, just going. And it was that piece you're talking about, that community piece. They offered so many other things and then they brought in massage therapists for people that needed some stretching and all of the other things. And I imagine that's what you're talking about when you're talking about branding and you're finding what works for, for you or what turns you on. Because, you know, for me, I am all about empowering other people, you know, mm-hmm. to step into who they truly be. And I'm like, if you're ready to go there, let's go, man. Because mm-hmm. you know, how many times are you the greatest in the room, but never as great as you? because you're cutting your arms and legs off to fit into somebody else's world, or you're not giving yourself the validation that you, you know, that you, you could be acknowledging yourself and you're not doing it. It's like when you were saying, you know, I'd give people their rides and I would be the one that had all the parties and, you know, I wanted to be liked by everybody. And, you know, I finally had to get to that point where it's none of my damn business. What people think of me, Yeah. you know, Yeah. Mm -hmm. why do I care? about their opinion about me when it probably has nothing to do with me to begin with. You know, I've had, I've been in places where I've been kind of boisterous and loud and I laugh a lot. That's who I am. And I've been in public where I am just carrying on and laughing so hard. And I I remember one time being in a restaurant and someone accused me of faking my, my happiness, basically coming up to me and saying, you can't possibly. And I'm like, 
yeah, sorry, not sorry. I am. No, you're not. It's like, okay, whatever floats your boat, dude. <clears throat> but it's that willingness to be all of you, regardless of what that looks like. And what if you being you is exactly what others have been looking for? And I think that's part of what your business is about. It's like, hey, you're not going to be a one size fits all. But if you can find what it is that turns you on, there's going to be others out there that can um, identify with that. And this thing about children too, none of us knew who we were in junior high and high school. And I feel like it's yeah. even harder for kids nowadays. I have one mm -hmm. client who um, is always going to volleyball um, tournaments now with her second daughter. She was also a bodybuilder and she kind of vicariously lives through her two kids, you know, and do you work with, with their, um, community on building their, I mean, we're talking about, you know, from age 10 to 18, she's like bringing them to these tournaments. One of them did get a scholarship and now she's working on the other one to try to get a, a college scholarship. And is that also part of your branding? Do you work with uh, individuals like parents that are trying to get their kids into? It's hard. It's hard. Um, and a lot of it just, uh, it comes down to uh, the mythology of who they are and it's nothing against them but a, a lot of parents uh they've never run a business before right you know i'm not some of them have but most of them have not and so they don't understand the terms of investment and uh so when you're like hey it the way social media goes these days is they all assume that hey i need to get my kids i need to get my kids on social media but i want to dig a little bit deeper on what you said there because the parents that usually come in and have us work on their kids are those ones that used to be very successful and or the ones that have pa the parents have the money because they own these miraculous businesses and mm -hmm. I have to I have to look at them and say so are you helping your child do this because you want them to help you for cheaply grow your business down the road or are you doing it because you're trying to find your your happiness out of your kids doing the sport that you no longer do. And right. so you have to, the, the thing with the thing with the kids and when we work with them is that, you know, a lot of them don't know what they want to do. And unfortunately with nil being so new and with everything as you, you're aware, you are a bodybuilder, you dealt with sponsorships, you know, it's, Sponsorships are great, but unless you're running a, a, a full-time business and you have someone out there getting you sponsors and trying to do stuff, like it's a full-time job. Um, and oh, I didn't have internet and all of that when I was. Yeah, like, yeah. This is this is Newsweek magazine. Okay, on campus. Now I'm gonna date myself. April of '84. Okay, you weren't even being thought about. I don't guess. I was, it was a, it was a year before I was born. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much for that information. So, um, this, well, I'm trying to find it. Hold on. And don't make, you know, don't laugh. Hair was big back in the eighties. Okay. So this, this girl in the purple suit is me. Yeah, the That's 80s crazy. hair. I see it. I see the 80s so hair. I know what you're talking about. on YouTube and you're, list, you're listening on Apple or, or Spotify or, you know, wherever the podcast is landing. This is yours truly back in the day. And her little purple. And, you know, we didn't even have cell phones, y'all. This is the dark ages. You was talking about dark ages. Try to find sponsors when you have to either call 
or go to someone's office, you know? I feel like it would be easier, to be honest, because I feel like what you just said was what I have to tell athletes these days, because a lot of them come again with the tangibles. They say, hey, I just want to... My sports marketer or the person I know, my agent says, I just need to, we're just going to spam a million people. I mean, I worked with a sports marketing agency about a year and a half ago when we were working on one of their professional athletes on how they could possibly grow their social media. And I said, hey, you know, I'll be honest with you. Every sponsor wants one thing. They want you to be able to bring them business. So you need to understand that if you're going to post something, it should be something that you either really like or tailors to your voice, right? Or tell her what you do. So I tell all the high school athletes, even the college athletes, hey, don't just focus on a communication degree. Find something that you're really good at, if it be science, if it be business, if it be whatever, and mix your two passions together. Because you as an athlete, it's great. You have this free publicity on the field, but it's you becoming a leader off the field that's going to help you get those sponsorships tailored around what's going to bring the best conversion. And so you're going to have to look at, for instance, if you're really, I I always use this example, which is strange. I don't know why I came up with this example, but you know, you love your animal. I think because there's a certain athlete that does a lot of with his animal. I forgot which one, but um, (laughs) it's like, it's like, if you love animals, your overall goal could be that you're going to either open a veterinarian office or you're going to have a nonprofit around helping animals of some sort. But now you have two things that you can kind of mix together as your passion and your sponsors will come because then they will know, Hey, your voice is and your values are tailored to ours. Like if it would be Petco or for be one of those larger food companies, now you have a tailored voice that actually will convert better with an audience because you're passionate about what you're talking about. And so it's it's not about going out and getting those sponsors. It's about building yourself and who you are so that you have a sustainable set of goals that you can thrive on as you continue to grow as a person. Right. You know, it's interesting because I never even thought about sponsorships or whatnot. I was um, I was modeling and somebody came to me, came up to me and said, you know, you've got a bodybuilder's body. He goes, have you ever looked at any weights? And I said, well, I was a dancer for many years. Growing up, I mean, from, you know, ballet from age, I don't know, six or seven and, and, until adulthood or, you know, going into college. And, and they were like, you know, well, I have a gym, um, but it's just for men. But if you can come in at 6 a.m., I'd like to work with you. And the whole point was, is they wanted to uh, open another gym that was going to be with men and women. And, you know, so all of a sudden I had this free gym membership. They introduced me to, to some bodybuilders. I discovered that I actually was proficient in lifting weights and all the things. So I was really lucky. I mean, I, I, I was talking about, you know, banging on doors. I didn't really have to do that because I was like one of the first women mm-hmm. bodybuilders you saw out there, Raquel McClish. Everybody knew who she was. And yet she'd only been out in the world for a couple of years. There was no such thing as women bodybuilders until about two years before I discovered it. So here I'm at the ground level and I had this passion for eating well, you know, diet and exercise and, and meditation and all of those things. So I know, I know what you're talking about. It was, you know, I all of a sudden had all these people, women wanting me to train them. And I did this whole thing where, you know, you've got to get in the right mindset. If you can visualize those muscles, you know, in your meditations. And it was funny because I would, all of a sudden I'm teaching meditation, you mm-hmm. know, back before, mm-hmm. you know, everybody thought that you had to be, you know, 
eat granola and contemplate your navel and be vegetarian. <laughs> Not the case. But you know, why would an athlete want to meditate? Why would anybody want to do visualizations? And so I get what you're saying. I kind of created my own brand that was me. Because you know, you are yeah. the brand. Mm-hmm. That's what it really boils down to, but you've got to know who you be before you can actually Well, and it's interesting you say that. If you look at a lot of large corporate brands, the one thing that they all say is the one thing that they all want to do is be more human. That's all that's all what they're trying to do is they're trying to bring in that personality into their business uh, because they become so big and they become so uh, stale, so to say, over the years. And so um, as a person, um, as anyone, any leader in in any sort of company, if it be a gym, if it be, you know, a, a local window tinting company down the road, whatever it may be, like you are the brand and people are going to come to you for two reasons. One, commu- um, one is customer service, how you treat that person. And two, you know, if you're in a location, you know, it's just how close you are to their house, unfortunately. That's just really yeah, what know. it is. That was just... <laughs> <laughs> so do is like five minutes from my house, you know. So yeah, it makes yeah. it super easy for me to get yeah. there. Like, oh, I can get a fifteen minute workout in. Yeah. You know, they want you there fifteen minutes early just to suit up and then you're out of there within thirty, you know, thirty five minutes. But you would drive an extra five minutes if you if you actually found a place that was a little bit further. And you're like, you know what? Like they these are great people and they, yep. they mesh with me. And that's what brand is, right? And so really as a person, you're you are a leader. You are a self-leader. That doesn't mean you can't have team. It just really means that you have to build yourself up as a leader and become that self-leader. And you just have to build your brand off of your values um, and make sure that as you evolve and you become what I like to call go from a me to a we to an us brand. You know, you have to, you have to kind of start to take, utilize those values to make it to the next stage and be like, these are the types of people I want to work with. These are the types of people I want to bring into my facility or to my location, because these are the types of people that I want to work with. And funny enough, that connection part of the kind of clients that will come in in that community will also be part of those values because that's what you care about. So that's really just what it comes down to. I love it. I love that you put it that way. Well, I love what you're doing. I love that you're um, building people up and, you know, helping them find their way or their, their ask, all the things. Um, so this is, you know, the Choosing Happiness podcast. So I've got to ask you, Zach, I'm sure my listeners are just dying to know how you get your happy on. Is there something that you do just for you that creates your happy? Or maybe you yeah. could recommend, you know. Uh, I I'm I would say a cop out answer and say the gym, but you know, <laughs> um, really at the end of the That's day, <laughs> what makes me happy, funny enough, is running. I enjoy running. I enjoy yeah. just going out into the into you know out into the neighborhood or out going somewhere and going for a, a three to four mile jog slash run and using that as my meditation time listen to my music and just kind of calm down. Yeah. It is a meditation. People are like, how can you run a marathon? (laughs) You know, okay. That is a little extreme. I don't run marathons anymore. I don't even run half marathons anymore. To me, you know, five or six miles is max, you know? Yeah. I I did a half. I did a half at one time and I'm the same way. I got to the point where I'm like, I don't know how anyone could sustain this. I'm like, I go three, four miles and my knees are like shot. (laughs) I'm so sorry, buddy, but there is something about this moving meditation piece 
mm-hmm. feel like I'm more connected to nature. I never wear ear pods or anything. I don't listen to music. I basically tap into the energy of the planet while I'm running. Um, my first book practically wrote itself. You know, the, the second half when I could actually walk again. I don't know if you know my backstory, but I, I was shot by terrorists and I was in a wheelchair and told I'd never walk again. And this is after running oh, several wow. marathons. And then I ended up running the Boston right after I learned how to walk again. And I ran it horribly, horribly. But you did it. I but you did, did it. Yeah. Hours. I managed to get it done in five hours. Adidas heard my hard luck story and they gave me a pass to run the Boston because I was training for it when I when I got shot. And so, you know, I didn't, I was like, I'm never going to be able to run again. And then I, then I did it. That was the last one. And then I ran a, a few more halves and I got like boxes of medals. It's crazy. I don't even know where they are, which is a sad story. They're probably up in my attic. <laughs> Go look for my little medals. But um, yeah, the, you know, tell me I can't do something and I'll prove you wrong. But yep. I love that you said running because people are like, you're crazy. What do you mean you enjoy running? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> something about it. It's like my me time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so cool. Thank you so much for being my guest. I'm super grateful. Yeah. I super, I I love this conversation so much. Hey, if you guys are enjoying these conversations, you could hit the subscribe button below. And that way you'll always know when we're coming live, we drop one every Thursday and I jump on, you know, the YouTube on my own a few times when I got something, you know, coming to mind, all the things And, you know, hey, if you know of anyone that could have benefited from this conversation, why don't you share it with them? And we're going to have all the information on how to find Zach in the show notes. So by all means, you'll be able to find him with ease. Thank you again, Zach. Thank you. I appreciate it. All righty then. Ciao, ciao, y'all. Until next time. Thank you so much for choosing happiness. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, share, and give us a like. And if you want more happy, subscribe to the Choosing Happiness membership where you can play directly with me, Rudrani Davy, the happiness lady. How does it get any better than that?